This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. This morning, I want to revisit a complex issue when it comes to boys and girls playing high school sports. Now, as I have said many times on this show, and having two daughters of my own who both played high school sports, I feel very strongly that Title IX was one of the great positive advances in amateur sports. It really was an extraordinary move forward when Title IX was passed back in 1972. But all that being said, there have been some minor hiccups over the years as we have striven to make sure that all high school boys and girls have the right to pursue their dreams and have the opportunity to compete. For example, we have discussed boys playing field hockey on girls' teams in Massachusetts. Well, that practice still continues to this day. In fact, according to the most recent surveys, in any given year in Massachusetts, several dozen boys are playing on female high school field hockey teams. The administrators there keep debating the pros and cons of boys being allowed to play you know, with girls, But the only rule they seemingly have agreed upon is that if a team has a male player, then they have to contact an upcoming opponent uh, that has only girls on its team. They have to contact them within 72 hours ahead of a match. And if that opponent decides they don't want to play the so-called co-ed team, they can, in effect, forfeit the match with no penalty. And... Okay, I'm not really sure that sounds especially fair either, but perhaps they're trying to accommodate the concerns about boys playing on girls' field hockey teams. Also in Massachusetts, up until just a few years ago, high school boys were being allowed to compete on the girls' swim teams in the fall. Now, this led to some most unusual situations where boys were winning a lot of races. I recall that about 10 years ago, one high school male swimmer set a new state record in the 50-meter freestyle, but for girls. And that record actually still stands today. And by the way, there's no asterisk in the record books, although individual schools there can decide they want to acknowledge the record holder being a boy. It's kind of, I mean, just think about that. Imagine you have a state record uh, in the 50-meter freestyle being held by a boy in girls' swimming. Okay. Anyhow, we now have a new situation upon us, and this one pertains to high school gymnastics. In short, a boy at Ossining High School up in Westchester County is a gymnast, and he's been competing on the school varsity gymnastics team for the last two years. Why on the girls' team? Well, because boy gymnastics is not offered as a high school sport in New York State. 
Okay, now stay with me on this because it's a little complicated. If a high school doesn't offer a comparable sport for a boy or girl, then they are allowed to compete on the current high school team regardless of their gender. So, for example, if a girl wants to wrestle and there's no female wrestling team in her high school, she can compete on the boys' team. And, of course, she'll be competing and wrestling against boys. Or she can play football under the same kind of ruling. Or boys' ice hockey. In fact, a lot of girls do these sports, and it's become fully accepted uh, over the last 15, 20 years. And so in this new case, the Austinian gymnast competes on the girls' team at his school. The problem is, and the boy's name is Cruz Vernon, he's been competing in meets all of this season, but his scores weren't officially counted. But last year, as a freshman, he was, in fact, allowed to compete in the New York State Championships, and he tied for 17th in the floor exercises. So the logic goes that you know, he wouldn't be allowed to compete in the New York State Gymnastics because there was apparently a concern that if he performed very well this season, that he might take the spot of a girl in the state championship uh, round. In short, he's not eligible to win a medal. So my question to you today, and again, let me recap this, this kid, as a freshman, uh, basically was allowed to compete in the biggest you know, meet of the year, the, the, uh, the state championships. But this year, the, the, the championships took place just yesterday. He was not allowed to compete because the ruling, we assume, was that you know he did pretty well last year as a freshman. So if he progressed and grew and, and developed this year as a sophomore, then if we allowed him to compete this year in the States, then if he does well, he's going to basically take a, a slot away from one of the competing girls. Now, is that fair? I mean, no athlete wants to work hard and, and obviously chase their dreams, only to be told at the end that, no, your scores are not going to count. Even though last year you were allowed to compete in the same championship playoffs or meets. There's got to be a better approach to this, and I know it's complicated, and I want to get your thoughts about this today at one 337 6666 Again, now, a few things to, to bear in mind, because it is a complex issue. Over the years, when it comes to boys competing with girls, this kind of ruling has been something of a fallback. That is, a boy can compete on a girl's team, but no, his scores won't count because he may be deemed to be too good against the females. The general worry has been that if a male competitor might end up doing so well, as I said, he takes the place or he bumps a female competitor. And since it's a, a gender-specific sport like, like gymnastics in high school in New York State, it's not being seen as fair or right for a boy to displace a girl. And yeah, I think we can probably see a little merit in that argument. But in this particular case, the boy, again, at Austin High School, which is in Section 1, which is in the lower, several counties in the lower half of New York State, no one from Section 1 will comment on the ruling. And, you know, i got to tell you, that, on a personal note, that sort of concerns me. I mean, it seems to me that the boy is at least owed an explanation as to why his scores are not going to count this year and why he's not going to be able to compete or wasn't allowed to compete yesterday in, in, the, uh, in the States. But apparently this matter is not open for discussion. I presume the Section 1 powers, uh, you know, just felt that he's going to be and was told he'll be exhibition only this season. That's a term they use, that if you're, you're allowed to compete in the meets, 
but only as an exhibition only. Your scores do not count. But again, he compete, He was allowed to compete last year in the States, so how come this year he wasn't? I, I just think the time has come for athletic administrators everywhere to try and finally sort this issue out because it's very, very strange, very, very bizarre. Obviously, just imagine if you're a kid who, you know, you, you happen to choose a sport that is not offered by your high school, and so you end up playing on the other gender's team, and yeah, you're working hard, and you go into practice, and you have dreams, and all of a sudden you're told just at the very end of the season, nah, you know what, we're not going to let you compete uh, in the States. And again, nobody will say why, but it's presumed because there was a consideration that maybe this kid's gotten so good that we're not, he may take the place or replace a girl on the championship stand. That's very, I think, unfair. Again, let's get your thoughts about this today. This is a complicated issue. I have other things I want to share with you along these lines, but I am curious to see what your initial thoughts to this are. one 337 Let's start our conversation this morning on The Fan with Jen calling from Ameranek up in Westchester County. Jen, good morning. You're on The Fan. Hi, good morning. Yes, Jen. Hi. So, you know, I was thinking about this, you know, as I'm driving, and I feel that if a girl is playing on a, you know, on a, on a boys' football team or has to wrestle, yep. there's impact with a male. You know, she can get hurt, and I know she knows that. But, you know, I feel that if this young gentleman wants to compete on the, on the gymnast team, he's really not affecting anybody. It's his form. It's his technique. It's his stamina. He's performing better than maybe a girl. Maybe his form is better as far as being a gymnast. Um, why shouldn't he compete? So I feel that, you know, like, I just feel that he should compete because maybe he is better than why, you know, if he is better than the girl on the mat or on the, on the ring, there are girls doing that as well. And you're responsible for yourself. It's the same as tennis. You're responsible for yourself. Jen, this is exactly the crux of the matter. Uh, you know, the fact is that uh, have we progressed to the point in our society, and Title IX was passed many years ago, back in 1972, have we progressed to the point now where we already know that, you just said, girls uh, in high school, many of them do play uh, on the boys' football team or on the boys' ice hockey team uh, and so on and so forth. They wrestle against boys. Is it unfair to say, well... You're going on for the gymnastics team, which is all girls, and you know what? You're very good at this, and you're so good, we have a fear that you may basically do better than other girls. Is that fair to penalize the boy, or have we progressed to the point now where you can say, nah, you know what? The girls understand that can happen, uh, that the boys work hard at this, and, and he should be able to compete on the same equal standing as, as, as the girls. The other concern of this, though, Jen, is that if a bunch of boys decide they want to be on the, on the high school gymnastics team, all of a sudden, you know, at what point do you, do, you, do you stop that and say, well, we have, we have a girls' gymnastic team, but it's comprised mostly of men, of boys. That, that's a concern as well. Well, that would be where you start a boys' gymnastics team if there's so much there. But what, what, I'm, what I'm saying is that I feel like you're responsible because it's a sole, it's a sole competition. You're responsible for yourself, whereas, yep. again, if... You know, I just feel like the, the young man should join the team. If there's no other team for him to join, join it. And, again, if he's knocking a girl out of her position, it's because he's better. Is it not that he's stronger or physically? No, there's other girls on the team. There's, he's just better than the weaker person. I mean, right. I, you know, I feel bad, but it is what it is. Jen, I, I, I hear you loud and clear, and I, uh, uh, I think there's uh, substantial merit in what you have to say. Thank you for the call this morning.
Have a great day. You too. And, and you know, Jen is saying what like a lot of people are saying. Obviously, this kid, uh, Cruz Vernon, uh, you know, his, his, his family is saying the same thing. I mean, if, if, we're, if sports is all about, about meritocracy and, and being fair and the best kids uh, should prevail, why all of a sudden are we throwing these little sort of like uh, these uh, detours and roadblocks to these, these kids who say, well, sure, I happen to be a gymnast, and uh, I, I understand my school does not offer a, a boys' gym, gymnastics team, so I'll compete with the girls, but now you're not going to let me compete in the States? That, that seems really odd. And again, it's, 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 there, yes, I know, of course, that there are other alternatives. For example, there are travel teams uh, in effect for, for gymnastics for both boys and for girls. And, uh, you know, they're very popular, and that's obviously an alternative situation for this youngster. I don't know if he's on a, an outside uh, gymnastics club, but, of course, those are expensive, and, and they are, you know, another concern in terms of money. But, you know, he's being basically said, yeah, you can be on the girls' gymnastics team, but we're not going to count your scores. We don't think that's fair. I, I just think that's something that it bothers a lot of people. I was just heard from one caller, Jen, saying that's not the way it should be in sports. Uh, we, we like to have total equality. That's the idea when it comes to Title IX. So how come we can't, we can't move beyond this in terms of, of you know, having boys compete against girls on a fair and square basis? Uh, that's what we're talking about today. Again, we're going to talk uh, after the break more about this. We'll take more of your calls. I am eager to get your thoughts about this. Uh, but there are some concerns. Anyhow, one eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. That is our phone number. Uh, Jacob Wilkins has your update this morning. When I return, I go right back to your calls. Stay with me. Now you're listening to the Sports Edge, and I'm your host Rick Wolf. And this morning we're talking about boys competing on girls' high school teams. And the most recent case in question is the male gymnast from Ossining High School being told that his scores will not officially count in state competition. Uh, what's a little troubling here, to say the least, is that last year when the kid was a freshman, he was allowed to compete in the states, and his scores did count. Uh, but this year he's been told, no, you're not going to be able to have your scores count in the states, which were held yesterday at Long Island. Uh, and, and fortunately, Section 1, the uh, ruling body in, in, the, in the lower part of uh, New York State, they really haven't talked about this much as to why this is happening. Yes, they had told the kid early on the season that you're going to be what they call an exhibition-only performer, meaning you can take place, you can take part in the various gymnastic meets, but we're not going to count your scores. And the underlying concern here, from what I can gather, is that they are concerned or worried about that the kid may be so good or develop so much that he would basically outplacing or outdistancing some of the girls on the gymnastic squads, and that, I believe, uh, I gather, is the reason why they're doing this. Um, you know, this is, this is something that we've encountered before. I remember a few years ago there was a male field hockey player uh, from Long Island who was told that his status as a player uh, on the girls' field hockey team would be reevaluated each year as to whether he could continue to play on the team, even though he was quite talented. But he was allowed to compete ultimately because he was relatively small, physically small in stature, and I guess he was not deemed a potential physical health hazard to the girls. Um, there was also a case recently where boys wanted to play uh, volleyball on the girls' volleyball team in high school up in Westchester County, but since there were, there were no boys' volleyball teams in their high school, they played in the girls' team. Uh, the point is that th there's a real sort of gray area here 
And we know the Title IX basically mandates that the equal opportunity for boys and girls. But again, we, we have these situations where one a boy wants to play on the girls' team or girls play on a boys' team. It gets a little complicated, particularly when the boys are playing on the girls' squad. Uh, let's get back to your calls at one eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Let's go to uh, let's go to Vernon in Manhattan. Good morning, Vernon. You're on the fan. Morning, Rick. How you doing? But how are you? I'm doing great. Uh, listening to the conversation regardless of girls play, I mean guys playing on girls' team, yeah, or vice versa. Based on Title Nine, if the person is on the team, that person's score should count. Okay. You should, it should not be discriminated against. For example, the previous caller, which was a woman, yep. talked about wrestling. On YouTube, I saw three different school high school wrestling uh, girls and guys who was close to the same weight. I've seen in three different schools the girls actually beat the guys. Oh, that's routinely so, done. Yes, absolutely. There's no question that girls uh, compete that have for some time, and they many girls do go on to dominate against the boys uh, in, in the state championships. Yes, and the thing is that based on Title IX, no state should be able to discriminate regardless of the sex. If you make the team, you are part of the team in your score, should count. Another thing that's coming up pretty soon, uh, I'm a full full season ticket holder with the Brooklyn Cyclones. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen a female umpire umpire the game in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. So females as well as males, and, the, and regardless, with the New York Mets, we need help. If you can get us some women that can play <laughs> to help the team, we will accept them. That's my thought for the day, and you have a nice day. <laughs> Thanks, Vernon. Well, you know, uh, and, and Vernon's point you know, it, it, it's it's one worth, again, considering that uh, in light of what we said about uh, high school female wrestlers, and that's been going on for some time now, uh, you know, they, there's a long, long history of girls wrestling against boys and doing quite well. Um, and his point is that if you're good enough to make the high school varsity team, then your score should count. There shouldn't be any, uh, you know, dispensation and say, well... You can compete, but we're not officially going to count your scores, which is what's happened to this, this, this kid who's a gymnast out of Austin High School. Interesting perspective as well. Let's move on to, uh, to Chris in Queens. Hi, Chris. You're on the fan. Hey, good morning. Uh, big fan. Great, thank uh, you. Yeah, I just, wanted, I just wanted to bring up a point, and I'm going to hang up and listen to your answer. I'm a proud member of the NYPD, and when you are going through your training you're with the girls, you're running with the girls, doing push-ups with the girls, you're competing with the girls, and sometimes you're even fighting with the girls. Yep. At the, at the end of the day, I mean, we're living in, we're living in a society where we just got to, like, erase all the boundaries. Let the kids play. They're children. And you know what? Come, come fast forward a few years when they enter the real world, whether they go into the military, they go on law enforcement, it doesn't matter if you're a guy, if you're a girl. It's all about competing and doing the best that you can. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Chris. And, and, you know, Chris makes a very, very valid point that we'd like to think that our society has evolved uh, to the point where it, it really is a truly equal kind of situation. As Chris points out, you know, he, he's, a, he's a member of the New York uh, Police Department, and he's, he trained and competed uh, with women, uh, and, and certainly he sees them as total equals. So if that's a mentality 
with the police force and obviously with other uh, you know governmental agencies here in the United States. Why doesn't that comply? That why doesn't that work with high school sports as well? Why are we even having this conversation? If this boy was good enough to make his gymnastics team in high school, then why shouldn't his scores count? If girls are allowed to wrestle and they're allowed to compete and and obviously uh, win against boys in wrestling matches and in a state competition, nobody's saying well. We can't use that. We can't really, you know, allow that because she's a girl. I mean, come on now. Let's, let's make this an equal playing field for everybody involved. That that carries a lot of merit, that conversation, that, that point. And, again, I mean, we, we've been striving so hard to have equality in terms of, uh, of gender equality in this country. So why doesn't this go down, you know, work both ways, not only for high school girls but for high school boys as well? And it's funny, you know, when you talk to kids today – Kids who are going through the process uh, and playing sports uh, on the way up. And, you know, you, you talk to the kids today, and they've been so sort of regimented and trained and educated that everybody is equal when it comes to, to opportunities in the United States and in sports. Then they all tell you the same thing, that there's no problem. That girl's good. Sure, she should play on our hockey team. She's a really good skater. Or sure, she should play uh, on the Little League baseball team, which is mostly boys, but she's a really good pitcher. I mean, this is how the kids see it. So how come the parents get involved and say, well, we got to make some exceptions, make some sort of sideboard rulings here. Uh, We can't allow this. I mean, the the kids come at this with uh, saying even more of a sense of equal opportunity than perhaps we do. So I think Chris's uh, perspective on this has some great merit. Let's move on. Let's go to uh, let's go to Joe in Westchester. Hey, Joe, we're on the fan. Hey, Rick. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. So, so I, I have like a hypothetical though, you know, and I don't really know where I stand on this per se. But yep. what if we get into a situation where all of a sudden there's a huge influx of boys yes. onto that girls <laughs> team that are knocking girls out? Yes. Are we then going to have another group of people come in and say, well, that's now being unfair? You know, this whole sense of fairness is really a moving target. It is, Joe. And that's, that's uh, again, the other side of this. Like, okay, let's say we're going to have a, um, uh, for some reason, the uh, there's only the girls, uh, and this happened. I mean, you say, well, let's have the volleyball season uh, in high school. It's only a girls team. And, and so well, a lot of boys who uh, want to play volleyball, it's a fun sport. And they say, well, you know what? Uh, not just one boy is going to go out for the girls' volleyball team, but let's say seven or eight, and they're all very good. And suddenly, what happens then? Because the seven or eight boys' volleyball players are going to be dominant over the girls, and it's the girls' volleyball team. Does somebody come in and say, wait a minute, we got we got to cap or put a limit as to how many boys can play in the girls' volleyball team? Isn't that getting in the way of Title IX? Uh, I mean, and, and that does displace a lot of girls. Joe, I, I don't know how you handle that. I mean, the, the obvious, yeah. the only real solution to that, of course, is to say, well, if we have enough boys who want to play on, the, on a volleyball team, we're going to have to start a boys' volleyball team uh, in the same season that there's a girls' volleyball team. And, yeah, there are, look, around the country, uh, you know, volleyball is a very, very popular sport. It's particularly big out west, um, and there are boys and girls' separate volleyball teams. But that, to me, seems like, and I see your point of view on this, that seems like the logical place to go to say, okay, we're going to have um, two different teams, one for the boys, one for the girls. Otherwise, you're going to have some real issues cropping up. Sure. 
Sure, and listen, I, I agree. And I was even thinking with the volleyball, what if all of a sudden the boys' basketball team decides that they want to play volleyball, or at least enough of them, not enough for a boys' team, but enough for to be on a volleyball team. They're taller than yeah. everybody else. They have a, then an unfair competitive advantage. And, yeah, well, this is... You know, it's, I, it, the legislation is spot on on what it's trying to do, but I just think it, we need to modernize it. I, I, I couldn't agree with them more, Joe. Hey, thanks for the call this morning. Thanks. You know, and I agree. I do think this is a very complicated issue, but I do think it could really help to have all the athletic administrators, you know, figure out a way to figure this out and to come up with some sort of use, universal applications so that there aren't any surprises to these kids. Uh, you know, kids pursue their own dreams in sports, and they're growing up in a society where we're looking and we prize ideal situations of total equality, thought, thanks in large part to implementation of Title IX. So well, how can you then tell a kid, well, I'm sorry, uh, you can pursue your dream in gymnastics, but you're not allowed to compete uh, for a state title. I mean, that doesn't sound right. Uh, to me, and it certainly doesn't sound fair at all. Let's continue. Let's go to uh, let's go to Marcelo up in Westchester County. Hey, Marcelo, you're on the fan. Hey, good morning. Yes, I have two kind two comments, two ideas. Number one, I think the the thought of changing or addressing this with level of organization for the sports. Uh, Marcelo, say it again. We we, I, we lost you there temporarily. Say it again. What was your point? You can't institute the change or, or try to make changes to this at the high school level. It has to start up higher and trickle down. Okay. Because there's no feeder system then either the NCAA or the Olympic Committee or, or something at a higher level needs to put things in place, whether it be a gender-neutral competition, you know, and I know that creates more issues, but there has to be something conversation higher than at the high school level because they have nowhere to go after that with the with the issue secondly um if you have a situation where you have an athlete in a high school that does not have the sport period that they want to play yep they're just out of luck in that situation and that's kind of what you have here maybe the a district maybe the districts uh the athletic associations can come up with a plan where if a child has a sport and an interest that they can't play at their school, they go to another school in their adjoining district or within their district and are allowed to try out and play for that team. It's not the best situation, but you have that similar situation. A lot of schools don't have a football team. The kid wants to play high school football, hockey, yep, yep. whatever it is, and, and they're out of luck. Marcel, that, that, I'm glad you brought that up uh, because that is correct. If, if your kid, let's say, and this happens a lot, is a, uh, regardless of their gender, if they love playing ice hockey and they happen to be in a, in a public high school where there is no ice hockey program at all, either for boys or girls, there's just no ice hockey program, that happens all the time, then many times kids will combine with other high schools uh, to, com to have enough kids from two or three or four high schools. They'll come together and make like, a, like an amalgamation hockey team, which compete against schools which do offer ice hockey. That happens routinely, and it is a possible solution. And again, they're not going to discriminate if you're a boy or a girl. If you're good enough to make that, that uh, amalgamated hockey team from three or four high schools, that works. And as I said, that's, that may be a solution here. So if a kid wants to be 
uh, on, on a particular team that's not offered by their school, they may have to go to another school and combine with other kids to, to, to form uh, a team outside of just one school district. Uh, and I think that's, as I said, that happens all the time with ice hockey, and I'm sure it happens with other sports as well. Uh, so that is another viable alternative if a kid can find other school or other kids who want to do the same sport that's not offered by their school. Marcel, thank you for that observation. It's a good yeah, I- one. And, and, you know, I think that's, that's another alternative, which is creative. And, again, that is done with ice hockey uh, in a lot of schools today, uh, and it's something that is conser- worth considering. And, of course, I also want to mention, as I said a few minutes ago, it has to do with travel teams. Uh, you know, if you want to play a sport, you have a particular sport that, that your school does not offer, uh, chances are there are is a travel or some sort of club program in your area that does offer you the opportunity. For example, with gymnastics, uh, you know, there are, I know, uh, at least two or three programs uh, in, in Westchester County where you can join a, a gymnastics program outside of your school and where you can go and compete and get coached and get trained and get, and get uh, you know, get some, go to showcases and, and see people can see your talents. It's as simple as that. No, it's not the same as playing for your own high school. I know that. But at least there's something that worth considering uh, as an alternative and creative way so you can keep pursuing your dream in sports. Okay, let me take a pause. Uh, we got an update coming up from Jacob. But when I return, I'll return right back to your phone calls. Stay with me. And back here on the Sports Edge, a couple of quick notes here. First of all, some, some exciting news. Uh, my book, uh, Secrets of Sports Psychology Revealed, will go on sale as an audio book starting in late April. All you have to do is go to Amazon and you just uh, get the, uh, you can download it via Audible. Uh, and of course, the print version is still going on quite well. I'm, glad, I'm very happy to say. But again, the audio version will be available in late April of Secrets of Sports Psychology Revealed. Um, my parents at Mawa High School, which was uh, victimized by a snowstorm a couple of weeks ago, that appearance uh, on Sports Parenting will be rescheduled. For Wednesday, April 3rd at 7 p.m. at Mawa High School. And, of course, I want to remind you that at 9 o'clock this morning, Ed Randall will be by, and, of course, he'll be talking baseball with you. And, of course, you want to sit around and make sure you get what Ed has to offer in terms of spring training and what's happening with Mets and Yankees and everything baseball. Okay, this morning we're talking about girls and boys playing on the same team. Uh, And as I mentioned, it would be very, very helpful if we had some Real clarification across the board on all this. Uh, we all we all like Title IX. We all want equality for our boys and girls playing high school sports. But it gets real complicated, unfortunately, when uh, particularly when boys play on girls' teams. And uh, we're looking in particular under the microscope this morning of this kid, uh, a sophomore gymnast, a boy out of Austin High School, who was told this season he could only be uh, he could compete in the meets, but he could not have a scores count for real. And he got to the States yesterday, and again, he was told, no, you're not going to be able to have your, your, your performances. Uh, they'll be judged, but we're not going to count the scores. And the question is, is that really fair to a kid? Um, and I'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts at one 337 And as promised, let's return to your calls. Let's go, to, uh, let's go to Artie over in Brooklyn. Artie, good morning. You're on the fan. Hey, good morning, Rick. Thanks a lot. I'm usually calling, screaming Jets. And I love that it's this topic and stuff. I love your show. Um, I've been a phys ed teacher now for 20 years and, yep. you know, there's been a lot of changes and I think what we're doing is we're going to a point where we're not going to say boys, girls teams. I think we're just 
I think we're just going to the point where we're just saying competitive, non-competitive maybe, or something, because now as a, as a phys ed teacher, I'm, I'm, I'm getting away from boys' lines, girls' lines, boys' locker, girls' locker, things like that. You, guys, let's line up. No guys. You know, it's a big adjustment, but yet I could see how it's changing. Yep. The only thing is there's a, on a uh, fine, you get an advantage of strength and stuff like that. You don't want your kids getting hurt. And when we play, in, I, I'm a coach on a, a girls' uh, basketball team, right? Mm-hmm. And a, a parent told me, listen, the, the team's not competitive enough, and I want my, my – she was – she could play with the boys. She's really good, right? Mm-hmm. And he insisted that she plays on the boys' team. And I said, you know, like, we have a girls' team. I don't understand why you want to put her on the boys' but- I, now I understand more because she's playing at a, a top high school level, and she wouldn't have got to that point if she played. Now she could have maybe built her uh, leadership skills. You know, I explained to her trying to get the other kids better is a skill. It's like you know LeBron James going to Cleveland and playing. It's kind of like that a little bit. Okay, you're not going to win the championship, obviously, but it's okay. Going back and forth, he, you know, we moved with the parent, you know, and now. It's more and more. I see well, now Richard. we have co-ed teams. But what I don't like is this. They're allowing the girls to play on both sides. They could play on the boys now, and they could play on the girls. I just said, just make a decision. Yeah, Arnie, and I think that, that's, yes. that's exactly what I'm asking for. I couldn't agree with you more. We need some clarification here. Now, can again, I ask you, Rick, I'm sorry to cut you off. In the NCAA, okay, or in the NBA, can a girl play for the NBA Sure. She could play for the NBA. Yes, of course. If the best WNBA player is good enough, she could play. She could be the 15th person. Yes. On the the Knicks. I, you know, I have have memorized the rule book for the NBA. No, what about the NCAA? College. uh, Can a college girl play for a men's team? Yes, I believe there was a case a few years ago at Duke where they had a female place kicker on the team. Um, So, yeah, there. Again, but there's no girl. There wasn't no girls football team. I'm saying in in basketball, you have 64 teams. Yes. Can the girl, the best girl on Duke, play on Duke's basketball team if the, if Shostakovich wants her to? Well, I, uh, I that's the question. I, I and hear then, you and saying. Then you get consistent. I I don't. I have not memorized uh, you know the rule book for obviously the NBA or for the NCAA when it comes to eligibility. But I will tell you this, and I think your point's well taken, Artie, and thank I'm you. I'm going to ask Big Mike that. Big Mike knows everything. All right, I love you <laughs> Thanks, Artie. You know, I, I think your point's well taken that we are moving towards a gender-neutral situation. So let's say, and Artie's saying he coaches a you know girls' high school basketball team, and one of the girls is particularly talented. She's superior. Should she have the right to play in the boys' team? Now, again, that gets to the question of, well, if she's that good and can make the boys' varsity team – is she going to displace a boy who would normally be on that that get that roster on uh, the roster spot because he's losing it to a girl, especially when there's a girls team? That's complicated as well. You see how this goes both ways, and um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a very ticklish issue that really, as I said, demands some real sort of jurisprudence to figure out what's what's the best thing to do here. Let's uh, continue on. Let's go to Richie in Queens. Richie, good morning. You're on the fan. Hey, Rick. It's, I tell you, the world has got complicated, Rick. You know, let me preface it. It's a very sensitive subject, obviously. Yeah. And, and I'm thinking if, if you didn't, and I'll just do this quick. 
if you if you walked away from sports or anything, even political life, ten years ago, and you came back now, and you looked at the NFL where you can't touch a receiver and quarterback, and the NBA where the where, where the center is obsolete, um, and and baseball analytics and 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 uh, the shift and 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 uh, you know strikeouts don't mean anything anymore. The Girl Scouts are with the Boy Scouts, and now you have this issue, and, and it's to me. Bottom line, it's unfair. The best people should be in the spots, and they're doing it in the schools too. Well, Rick. this is you know, seven percent of the of the schools, high school kids, have got to go to the best specialized schools, and the kids that are really qualified are penalized for it. So this is the world we live in, and unfortunately, I still think if you're the best at, at, as, as athletically or the best scholastically. You should get those spots. Thank Richie, you, Rick. You bet. And I, I, you know, that's that's also again. This is weighing both sides of the issue here. If we want a society based upon equal opportunity and meritocracy in sports, then yeah, then the best athletes are the ones who should you go, uh, you know, rise to the top and should be given the opportunity to show what they can do. And I would say, if that's the case, if that's the approach we're trying to take, then the, this kid who's a gymnast. Uh, from Ossining, he should be allowed to compete against the girls because his, they don't have a boys' gymnastics squad at his high school. And, you know, wh- why are we making sort of a double standard in all this? That's that's what we're going. And, again, we know rules change all the time in sports. That's the nature of, of sports and trying to make sure we maintain a level playing field. Let's go to our friend Jack Smithlin over in Farallon. Jack, good morning. What do you make of all this? <laughs> well, Rick, First of all, before I uh, before I get into it, I just like to mention. I think I texted you. I don't know if you got it, um, but um, Rutgers um, Hall of Fame baseball coach uh, Fred Hill passed away this week, and um, you know my heart my heart goes out to his family. He was a great coach at Rutgers. He's in their Hall of Fame. Yep, and he he came, he, he fell on some hard times, but uh, I just wanted to mention that. Um, this is tough because here's the situation. The whole problem with male versus female, female versus male, is a strength issue. And a lot of the parents look at it as a safety issue. Mm-hmm. There's one thing that, you know, when a girl competes against a boy, there's never a problem, okay? Because, hey, that's equal opportunity. But when a boy goes and competes against a girl, there's always a, there's always a problem with it because of the strength factor. Right. I mean, I coached at Fairland High School. I had a girl wrestler that wrestled for us, and she won our districts. I mean, she beat five guys to get to the finals and won it, and then won, I think, one or two rounds in the regionals. I mean, this year was the first year that New Jersey crowned state champions in girls wrestling. So, you know, they followed the Title IX thing. But here's my theory. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. I mean, for, a, for an organization to change the rules midway through the game with this, with this gymnast who now wasn't his scores weren't going to count – is completely outrageous. If they allowed him to play on that team and compete, but if you think about gymnastics, once again, it's a strength thing because in girls, they have four events. In boys, they have six events, and all of those events are basically strength events. Right. The rings, the high bar, they're parallel bars. They're not uh, uneven. Uneven bars in girls is for spinning and turning and twisting, but the boys are all strength moves so when it becomes a safety issue you got to look at it but you know what if a girl can go out for a boys team 
a boy should be well, allowed to go out for a girls' team. Jack- and <laughs> if they allow him to play, count his count his score. I, That's Jack- all. That's exactly, of course, what we're talking about here. And, and again, your insights are, are, uh, are valuable. Jack, let me move on. Thank you, as always, for the call. I'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Thanks, yep. Jack. Let's, uh, let's go to, uh, to Donna, uh, who's calling in. Donna, good morning. You're on the fan. Tell me about what happened yesterday at, at the States. Um, so I was at the States. My daughter was competing, yep. obviously. Um, I am a Section 1 parent, and... I was shocked to see that there were other boys out there from other sections. Correct. Because we, we understood that Cruz could not compete. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a little disheartening to see boys up there taking spots away from the girls. Mm-hmm. And I think as a phys ed teacher and a coach of another sport, that if your boy wants to compete at gymnastics, you can get a, a coach and go into the boys' competition and compete as a freelancer and represent your school that way. They don't need to compete on the girls' team because it is, although it's a team sport, it's an individual sport as well. Sure. Now, Donna, do you know if the boys from other sections, were they, were they their scores, were they being counted? Uh, he did not compete at sections. I see. Okay, so these are kids who, who, who competed. but I, I don't know. No, the boys that were there competing, I don't know because they were from other sections. Okay, okay. I know that Cruz did not compete at sections. Um, he helped. He participated. He did scores. He was involved. But he did not but compete. He did not, com- he did not compete. So yeah, but, it wasn't as though he competed and then they took his scores away at sections. But just to clarify, there were boys from other high schools Upstate, throughout who, the state, who did yes. compete at the states, correct. All right. I mean, as you said, I understand if, if you have a daughter, it's got to be a little disheartening to say, "Well, how come this is a, a a girls' sport and there's so many boys from all over the state competing against my daughter?" It, it's it's a little jarring to say the but, least. Yes, and it goes back to the previous callers about strength. Yep, yep, and, and safety. Yeah, there's nothing you can't compare a teenage boy to a teenage girl's strength. They're no. just men, and they're built differently, and the power that they get is um, is not non-comparable. Yeah, I hear you. Donna, thank you no. for, for sharing this thank with you. me this morning. I appreciate your call. And, you know, Donna was there yesterday as a, as a mom, obviously supporting her daughter who was competing, and you heard her say it's a little, little jarring to see a lot of boys competing in the female gymnastics competition, and that's exactly what we've been talking about all morning. Uh, it is a little jarring, to say the least, and um, yeah, I, I just don't know where this is going to go, but I do have some thoughts. Let me, let me take a time out. I have some final thoughts. Stay with me. That, as I say, that's the bottom line. We need to be much more proactive and figure this out now so we don't have these situations that we just discussed with this kid, out of the, the, uh, the male gymnast out of Austin High School. Okay, that's going to do it. For me in this edition of the Sports Edge, my thanks this morning to Ed Arzuman. Stick around for Ed Randall. He's up next right here on the Sports Edge. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.